What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This Week in College Football, brought to you by CFB Talk Daily. Today is Saturday, February 13th. We've got a big slate ahead of us. Uh, so let's get it started, fellas. All right, so uh, we're going to start with uh, EA announcing they're bringing back college football video games. Not this year. I believe they said it's about two or three years out. So uh, what's a feature you guys would like to see uh, in the new game? Uh, for me, I would like to see something along the lines of, so in Madden, you can be running a, you can run a dynasty. You can become a head coach or a GM rather, and build your dynasty, draft the guys. So for a college game, I would like to see you take on the head coaching job and you got to go out and recruit guys. So something similar to an ultimate team where you're given basically cards of players, their accolades, what they can bring, what they can develop, and so on and so forth, and try to recruit them, as long as it's not throwing money in McDonald's bags. Right, so, so it's kind of like a coaching mode, like you're, uh, you're more of a manager than anything like managing. Yeah, definitely, you gotta yeah. put your team together, you gotta assemble it, you, so every year you know who's leaving for the draft, uh, who's transferring, what holes you need to fill. And it kind of gives right. you target areas for what you need to go get and what you need to prioritize. Right. All right, so I'll go next because mine's kind of a little bit like yours. I just want more in-depth with the recruiting. Uh, give the players a personality. Maybe, like, uh, add traits to the players, like uh, maybe, like, a hothead and, like, a, a bad apple. Like, maybe the player will fl- uh, be ineligible for academics one year or maybe the bad apple gets in trouble and gets suspended, like, off the field. Just something like that. All right. So for mine, I think like the one I kind of wanted to stay away from something that everyone wants, and everyone's gonna want the transfer portal. That's like gonna be obvious. Everyone wants the transfer portal. They want to be able to go out and grab your players. But for me, something I want to see is it was kind of in the old game, but it wasn't. There was no incentive to do so. Where I want to see like you know if I'm UAB and I'm killing my conference and I want to go to the SEC like. I want conference realignment to like give me money so I can upgrade my facilities, and I want like you know to be able to actually access and upgrade my facilities, you know, as they need upgrading. Because in the old game, you just got to grade for like how nice your facilities are, and you couldn't change it. So like, give me that opportunity to be like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I want to go join the SEC. I'm gonna go do it for X amount of millions of dollars a year. But if I join, and I'm terrible, the SEC can say, hey, buddy, go kick rocks. Yeah, no, that's a good feature, and it's probably not that hard to implement. It's just like a, it could be a menu, really, and then maybe a few visuals like for the stadium and stuff. Yeah, well, you would think. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not a game developer by any means, but I would think like you have the same kind of goals in like the Road to Glory almost, where it's like mm-hmm. that's how you get your coaching level, I guess, your coaching trust up. I would imagine mm-hmm. like the same concept for just doing it with a dynasty or with a with like the building a dynasty type thing. Yeah, I, I that's I feel it's feasible. It, it could happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so, so our next thing here is uh, last Wednesday was National Signing Day. We're going to briefly cover some winners and losers. Uh, I'm going to go first. I would say that Alabama uh, signing the highest-rated recruiting class of all time, definitely a winner. Uh, Nick Saban probably not slowing down anytime soon. That's definitely a winner in my eyes. Uh, a loser for me, uh, I, I want to talk about this some more in depth, so I'm going to hold my loser. Lynn, do you want to give your winner a loser quick? Yeah, my winner would be Ole Miss. Uh, 
Lane Kiffin went heavy on the defensive side. We know that Lane Kiffin can run a great offense uh, from what he's done in his past couple uh, coaching positions. So, But his defense last year was god-awful. So they went out and got this NJ kid, uh, Taiwan Malone. He's from Bergen yep. Catholic. Yep. Number, sure. number six, D tackle overall. This man is a monster. Six foot four, 305 pounds. And a side note, being six foot four and 305 pounds, this guy's going to go play baseball there too. Under head coach I, Mike I am impressed. He, yeah. I don't know how this kid no. moves. I've seen him move on film. This kid can run some kids over. He's got to develop another move at the next level, uh, but he can bully some kids, and it's going to be interesting if he's going to be able to play baseball and football down there being a 300-pound four-star D tackle. Yeah, baseball was a huge uh, part in his decision. I, I know that's why uh, that's why Rutgers fell out of his uh, choosing, <coughs> as did Florida State. I believe Florida State wouldn't let him play baseball, so that's why uh can't dip at Ole Miss. One thing I wanted to comment on is uh, this year it's weird. A lot of uh, recruiting classes are very small, like uh, 13, 14 guys, because coaches weren't able to really see these kids in person much. That being said, Texas State University, right? <laughs> I know you know. Has not signed a high school recruit in two years. Oh. So uh, they are going to be losers in my eyes. Uh, not many expectations at Texas State. But uh, they're hitting the transfer portal a lot, but they have no high school recruits back-to-back years. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to let up anytime soon with them. Um, from what I saw, they got uh, one two-star D-tackle from Independence Community College, uh, or D-end, rather. I forget his name. Um, but they, like you said, they're hitting the transfer portal hard. They're getting a lot of guys through the transfer portal. But these guys aren't – they're going to they're, – I don't see them developing these guys at all. So Texas State's really going to have to start bumping their game up. I mean, I just think that's, like, a terrible strategy because, like, you, know, you get a junior college guy, you only have the two years, so you can't really develop them that much. But at least for college guys, you have four or five years to do so. So I, yeah, I yeah. love to know the strategy on that. Well, I think it could be beneficial if you bring in, like, one or two guys who are, like, maybe – uh, like got a little playing time and then like kind of lost playing time like towards the end of their career and then they like, graduate transfer in, they could be good mentors for young guys. But you can't bring them all together and kind of like try to throw together a team with transfers, in my opinion. You can't, this you can't, might, this can't is definitely going to hurt their future with uh, possible red shirts too. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to redshirt some kids, have them learn the offense and whatnot, and then go play. Yeah, It's going to be a lot of learning on the fly here. Um, my last thing I would say is uh, I want to say Jackson State, I, I believe, was the first HBCU to have a top 100 recruiting class. So uh, yeah. Deion Sanders doing some work there. Yeah, I, I believe so. Don't quote me on that. I thought I read that somewhere, but I think it's true. Which we've talked about the Deion effect. So I, I think oh, yeah. that's going to be like a two-year thing, and then we'll see what happens. It can either continue the, you know, they'll continue to recruit well, or it won't perform, won't win games, and then you know they'll go back to is recruiting well at that level. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. most, most certainly. Um, one, all right, one so, more loser I want oh, to comment on real quick. Yeah. One more loser is Nebraska. Uh, okay. We were talking earlier. Uh, they lost out on two four-star guys on the defensive side, one yep. of which was an in-state guy, Avante Dickerson. Uh, uh-huh. Four-star DB committed to Oregon instead of Nebraska. Somehow they yep. still got the 20th-ranked recruiting class this year. 
Uh, they're getting some solid recruits, but they're also losing a ton of talent to the transfer portal. Yeah. And Scott Frost has got to do something. Uh, I don't think he's going to last very long at Nebraska, but that, that's not uh, for this. I, I, um, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that at another time. Yeah, yeah, because I can go on for a very long time about how I don't think he's the guy. Um, all right, so our next topic that we have is we're going to go over our top five quarterbacks leaving college football for the NFL you know, draft coming up. So we're going to do one of these uh, each episode leading up to the draft, a position group. So, uh, Matt, you want to go with your top five QBs? Uh, I, I imagine we're all going to have similar lists here. We're all going to have probably the same five because they, you know, I wanted to preface by saying this isn't really the strongest of uh, – QB classes. This is definitely a top-heavy class. Oh, uh, then you're going to be blown away by my list. Well, with one and two, we're obviously going to be the same on on all hours. It's going to be Lawrence and Fields. Um, you know, Lawrence is one of the most interesting draft prospects we've had in at least the last five years that I can think of coming out of the position. Uh, like, now I'm not going to compare him to a Kyler Murray because they're not the same kind of quarterback. But I'm saying with like, you know, there's. There's a lot of people who are thinking he's going to be the next big NFL quarterback. So that kind of is that's the comparison I would draw with him and Murray. But Fields is probably a truer comparison to Murray. Um, you know, does the running translate? He has the arm to make up for it, but you know, how much is he going to be able to move in the NFL? Uh, Zach Wilson, I'm going to put it three. It's probably where most people are going to put him. Although I did see a mock draft that had Wilson going two to the Jets, which Jesus. I like Zach Wilson. I would not consider him the number two quarterback in this draft. Um, number four may come as a surprise if you aren't like a heavy follower. I'm going to go Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. You know, uh, the FCS quarterbacks are kind of interesting. You know, when they come out, are you going to get a uh, Carson Wentz and a Joe Flacco, or are you going to get a guy who, you know, isn't getting get it done at the pro level? You're going to waste a first-round draft pick on them. And then another interesting pick, um, Mac Jones, guy, you know, is the guy who blossomed really late in his college career. I'm not going to say he's like Joe Barrow because he wasn't, but, you know, kind of has the same story-ish, you know, played – you know, sat behind great quarterbacks. Well, Barrow you know, transfers into LSU, you know, wins the Heisman, obviously. Max sits behind Tua and Jalen, comes out and performs as a finalist for the Heisman. So, you know, was it a product of playing at Alabama or was it, you know, actual talent? So that's an interesting pick for me as well with the quarterbacks. I mean, like I said, I think this is real top-heavy. I think the first two were significantly better than the rest of the list. Um, uh, and I'm kind of interested to hear Mike's because I want to see what kind of eyebrows he's going to raise. All right. All right, John, you can go. because I'm going to shock you guys with my list. All right. I'm going to go through mine quick because it's very similar to Matt. It actually was the exact same as Matt's. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I would say that uh, the only difference I have with your list is five and six for me. I- I'm not sure. I think Kyle Trask, well, I think Kyle Trask may be a better pro prospect than Zach Wilson. Uh, I know Zach Wilson was good at BYU, but I don't know how well it's going to translate to the pros. No, I, don't uh, I, I, I see I, I see Johnny football with uh, Zach Wilson, to be honest. The, the only difference I think between him and Johnny football is I, – I've said this before. I don't know if I've ever said it on here. With Johnny football, I think his problem in the NFL was the Browns tried to use him like RG3, and he was not RG3. RG3 ran a 4-4, I believe, maybe even quicker. Johnny Manziel did not. I think that was um, no one's going to expect Zach Wilson to be a running quarterback in the NFL. 
Yeah, but yeah. like I don't hate the Trask going into your top five. All right, Lindy, you're you're up. All right, hold back the booze and whatever. But obviously, number one, we're gonna have Trevor Lawrence. My only Ooh. worry with him is that <laughs> my only worry with Trevor Lawrence is he's God's gift of football coming out of this. He's a higher rated prospect, obviously. I'm worried that his ceiling's gonna be too or his floor is gonna be too high. What if he comes out and he's he's a serviceable, good quarterback that doesn't really blow guys away in the NFL? Are you gonna label him a bust because he's a decent quarterback? Like that worries me. Like you're, everyone's expecting this guy to come out, be the next. Patrick Mahomes per se and just blow everyone away every time so that worries me but again this kid's got all the accolades possible and he's gonna he's gonna show out I believe number two for me Kyle Trask is my number two quarterback coming out of this draft class and listen 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 this year everyone was saying how he fell off in the back half of the season but let me think back half of the season he played against LSU he didn't play a great game, but he threw for 500 yards. And they should have. I mean, they should have won that game. And they should have won that game. <laughs> the shoe gate. Okay. Again, the Alabama game. Wasn't his best game, but he threw for 408 yards and three touchdowns. Alabama was by far the best team in the country, bar none. They only lost by six. They lost by six. Overall, he had a bad bowl game, but we all know opt-outs, injuries, whatnot. So his bowl game wasn't great. He only had three fumbles this year. He had a 43 to 8 touchdown to interception ratio last year. And the year before wasn't a bad year either. This guy was shoo-in for Heisman beginning of the season. And the LSU game, truthfully. Until the LSU game. And this kid was balling out nonstop. And I believe that he is a pro pro prospect. Great ball handles, can fall on a dime, and when he's on, you gotta watch out for this kid. This kid's gonna be good if he goes to the right system. So he's gonna be a steal if someone gets him in the second round. Like draft boards are looking to see him. Like this kid's gonna go in the second round. It's gonna be a steal. My number three quarterback is gonna be Mac Jones. Okay. Yes, I've talked about Tua having a ton of weapons around and making him look better. But Matt Jones played one year, and he didn't play with the same weapon or all the weapons that Tua did the year before. He only played with basically Najee Harris and Devontae Smith. And yes, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, top five Heisman voting, some of the better players in college football, some of the best players, I should say. But with one, really saying just one receiver in Devontae Smith, no Jalen Waddle, who was supposed to be the big name guy, didn't have Jalen Waddle, and he just showed out. He had great tools. Um, if he's given a quality line, he's gonna do major damage. Okay. My number four prospect is gonna be Zach Wilson. Like John said, he could be a Manzel 2.0. He's got athleticism to him. He's a great athlete. Um, he, my big thing with him, he didn't play quality competition last year, and when he did. The one game he played against quality competition against Coastal Carolina, he threw for like 180 yards and one touchdown. I didn't see much out of that. So if you're going to go to the NFL, these guys are all dogs in the NFL. These guys are going to come after you, and you're going to play some good teams, regardless of if you're playing the Lions or whatnot. You're going to be playing some good competition, and we can all agree on that. So Zach Wilson worries me a little bit, 
especially seeing some boards saying the Jets are going to take him at two overall, which would be a major blow in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, number five, I'm going to go Justin Fields here. He's low on my board. Yes. For that. But, let me, but let me go through this. I watched some film on Justin Fields, and I'm biased. Yes, I'm a Penn State fan. I don't like Ohio State to begin with. I don't like Michigan. I don't like Ohio State, but that's normal. You guys can probably feel the same way because you're Rutgers fans. So, history's not in his favor. Ohio State quarterbacks in the last 10 years, I'll even go 15 years, coming out of college, do nothing. Terrell Pryor became a wide receiver. Cardell Jones disappeared. Uh, JT Barrett was nothing. Dwayne Haskins is Dwayne Haskins, and we all know his story right now. Okay. Justin Fields, yes, he is a solid quarterback. But if you watch his film, he solely focuses on his first read. And if his first read is not there, he immediately takes off and starts running. He doesn't go through his progressions very well. And that's just my take on him. I watched plenty of games of Justin Fields. And if you go back and watch the tape, he will go there's sometimes he goes to the second read, okay? And we can agree that Ohio State is one of the better lines in college football. But when this kid just stares at his one receiver and it's not there, he just takes off. He's a good athlete, don't get me wrong, but he needs to learn how to go through his progressions, and that worries me. And finally, at six, I'm going to go Trey Lance. We're basing his pro career, possibly, off one season. He didn't play last year because FCS only had, what, 16 teams compete? And North Dakota State wasn't one of them. So he has a high ceiling. He has a lot of tools coming with him. But we're basing it off one season. And it, it could be worrisome. So what do you guys think? That's too much, too. Uh, no, that, that, that was pretty good. I mean, you went very in detail. I didn't know we were going that in-depth. I would have I wrote well, more. I, I had to back it up because my list is a lot different from your guys. Aside uh, good, good, from... point, good point. I, I like that. You came prepared, though. You were ready to defend your list. And uh, I'm not ready to poke holes in it. I'll be I back next week. I want to make like a funny comment, and this is this has nothing to do with your list. This is just like one of the things you said, which was true. When we when you talked about Mac Jones, talking about how like he didn't have the weapons that Tua had, which is true because Tua had for the year had Smith and Waddle. We act we can agree that Tua had more weapons, but Mac Jones had a Heisman winning um, receiver. Then <laughs> that speaks to the amount of talent Alabama has. It has nothing to do with your yeah, list. Good point funny when he said that because i was like you know at first i was like he had the heisman and then i was like oh wait you know he's kind of right yeah he's, exactly. he's kind of right it, all right so uh, we'll move on to questions uh this week I, i'm gonna read them uh, i'll add some input to some of them but um all right so our first question is from mike underscore madden it says which team can throw a wrench into the big 12 race since they don't do championships by divisions it seems like oklahoma and iowa state are clearly the two heading for the title Matt, you can go first. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say those are the clear two, only because, you know, we talked about it last week. Texas could have a chance to compete. Um, but uh, if we want to throw those three out and you really want a team that might surprise you, um, TCU is going to be my team. Because I think that – I've said this for a couple years. TCU runs the opposite of Big 12 football where they play defense and they run the ball. Um, and I think that that could be tough for – Big 12 defenses who are used to you know, really just playing against the air raid every week. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Oh, hold on, I, I'm gonna add. 
I don't, know, I don't think uh, TCU. Uh, I, don't, I think Gary Paris is gonna get fired in the next two years. But um, I would say that Kansas State. All right, I think uh, Chris. They've already beaten Oklahoma with Chris Kleiman there. Um, I believe they, they they didn't beat Texas. They played them close, I think. But uh, I think they're gonna surprise some people. Is Texas back? Part seven hundred and forty-three. Probably more. <laughs> <laughs> so like I'm, weak at that. People say, yeah. Texas could be Texas State, and everyone's like, oh, they're back. They're back. <laughs> the Longhorns are back. Yeah, so I'm going to stay away from them. I'm going to say Oklahoma State. Uh, they always play everyone tough, I feel like. Everywhere they go, they're playing guys tough. They're sticking in close games. All right. Um, I really think they're a solid quarterback away. And granted, the Big 12 plays negative amount of defense. You, It's like Swiss cheese out there. Um. I don't know. Oklahoma's going to be tough to beat with uh, Spencer Rattler and a ton of their talent that they have running around there. So, And they always produce a couple solid linebackers every year to the draft. So, I mean, I don't know. Oklahoma State would probably be there for me. Maybe, maybe Kansas State. Uh, I don't see TCU getting as much offense done for them. Yeah, I agree. All right, so our next question is from Mike Messina. Uh, yeah, MK Messina at 12, he said, will Northwestern be able to pull off a win at the Big Ten Championship before Pat Fitzgerald retires and moves on? Now, he did just sign a 10-year extension, so keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, 10 years. Oh, boy. This is a tough one. Uh, Because, I mean, his... The Western division of the Big Ten, we can agree, isn't good. It, it's it's solid football. Big Wisconsin, well, and then you have you know Iowa's always good. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern, maybe a sneaky Minnesota, and maybe if you get lucky, Scott Frost figures out how to coach a Big Ten team and puts Nebraska in there. But we'll keep them out for now. So you basically have two other teams you're really competing with. Um, I don't know because then you're gonna look at the East and you're gonna get Ohio State. You're going to get Penn State. You're going to get Rutgers, who's up and coming. You're going to get a decent Michigan team out there every year. Um, and if Michigan uh, – uh, it's really tough. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. They're going to get a Big Ten championship game. Uh-huh. Don't expect it anytime soon. But in Pat Fitzgerald's next 10 years, I'll give him one. All right. Matt, you have anything to add, or are you just going to let Linda answer that one? I'm I'm gonna he made he made a lot of the same points I would make I just don't think I think you know when Wisconsin's down or you know Wisconsin's it seems if Wisconsin's due for losing a game they shouldn't lose every year I just don't see him being able to you know overcome the talent gap that he's gonna have from teams from the East Do I think that he you know in ten next ten years does he make the Big Ten championship game four times That's probably realistic because you know like I just said. Uh, Wisconsin due to lose a game they shouldn't lose every year. You know, they lose to Illinois. Why did they, you know, there's no reason they should have lost to Illinois. What was that, two years ago now? Um, you know, Iowa's hasn't really been what they, you know, what a lot of people wanted them to be. They've been good, but they haven't been a real challenge. You know, so like I said, it's going to be them. And do they beat the team from the East? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think he out-recruits them. I don't think he out-talents them. Um, does he get there? Yes. Does he win the Big Ten? I just have to say no. All right. Um, all right. So our next question here from Cover City Sports. 
Uh, we're actually going to hold this one because I plan on having a player answer this uh, maybe in a future episode. He's basically asking about the protocols that our programs are following uh, related to COVID. So we'll hold that one for the future. Um, our next question here from Conquer the Day, Kevin Lawson. says, how good is Jaden Daniels? Mm. Uh, I, I think it'd be hard to just uh, say, like, how good. Because you have to say very good. So uh, I would say maybe put him in a, a tier. Like, you see a tier one quarterback, maybe, like, top five, top ten, top fifteen. Um... I would, he's going, but he, he's only a sophomore, right? Or he's going to go into his junior season? Uh, he may be going into his junior season, I believe. Okay. Uh, I'll check for you. Yeah, I'll check for you. I think Daniels. Yeah, it's like he has. He's you know when he was a freshman, he had moments where he looked really good, like against Washington State, game-winning drive. He looks phenomenal, and you say, "Wow, this kid's the real deal." But then he also had you know moments like freshmen do, where they look like you know a bunch of idiots out there. Now, were those freshmen being freshman moments, or was that, you know, his true, I guess, fault is that he sometimes makes bad decisions? So I think right now it's a little too early to tell. Last year was weird with the pack. They didn't start until late. And I think this year will be played a- four games. Yeah, so this year you'd be able – after this year you'll be able to answer that question more in depth. I, I, I think Daniels has the potential to be, you know, a top – Probably a, a top 10 quarterback in, in college football. Closer to that 8-9 number, though. Uh, right now, I have him in my top 10. Uh, his freshman season, 17 touchdowns with two interceptions. Upsetting my Ducks. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely have some nightmares about Jaden Daniels. Uh, he's very, I think he's very good. Um, I'm excited to see how his career plays out, because I think he could be someone who uh, maybe next year or the year after we're including in our top five quarterbacks for the draft list. Yeah, I can agree with that, too. Uh, he's got a lot of upside, but he's 185 pounds they list him at. I'm looking at him right now. He's got to put on some weight if he's going to want to compete with some big boys. Uh, I don't know. He's He's got a lot of talent. In him. He's got a lot of upside there. I do believe he's going to be one of the top five quarterbacks when he when, if he can put it all together, put the weight on. Um Again, when we, we only really saw one season out of him his freshman year. And those, fre- like you said, Matt, those were some – he had some bad freshman moments. And other times he had phenomenal moments. I'm, like I'm looking at one game in particular right here from 2019 is when he played against number 13, Utah. Do you want me to hear, read you his stat line real quick? I don't know if he got hurt this game. I forget. But he played the following week. So I'm a, I'm a, I doubt he got hurt. They lost to the number 13 Utah, 21 to three. He was four of 18 for 25 yards and a pick. Yeah, Utah was really good that year, though. You got, I mean, he's a freshman too, but yeah, yeah, I see what you're yeah, saying. Exactly. Freshman but moments. For, yeah, that that that's is that's brutal. Um, no, you're right. But other games, he was throwing three touchdowns and no interceptions. And after that Utah game, he went on a streak of three straight games of three touchdowns, no interceptions, and threw him for over 250 yards at each game. Uh, I will say that he's so, the best quarterback I, Arizona State I, has seen in a while. I can 100% agree with that statement. All right. Um, so our next question uh, is from I am Randy Magnum. What do you think it will take for college football to not be dominated by the same three teams? So who are we saying three same three teams? Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State? You didn't specify? Yeah, pro- probably those three. That's a good three. I would argue it's not. Okay. I would argue well, there's some you, parody you can throw already. Oklahoma in there, too. Like you can throw Oklahoma in there. You can throw uh, Notre Dame's always hanging around the top five. 
So yuck. But just to, in my opinion, there's not much parity in college football, but that's for another conversation. I would say there is though. Not in the playoffs. No, look, but no, every other team makes mistakes. Like, like uh, these four years, I mean, there was only a few years. Maybe UCF and this uh, this year, you could have argued another team deserved to be in, but this was a weird year. Like, other teams just lose games or don't schedule hard enough to get in. That's how I feel. I mean, like, uh, I feel like everyone has a chance to get in, but a lot of teams blow their own chances. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to say. Nick Saban has to step down as Alabama head coach for Alabama to not be there anymore. But even then, they can yep. still be there. Yeah, um, especially if Dabo steps into that job. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for Clemson, I would have to say the ACC has to get a lot better because we all saw the ACC the last couple of years. Some, some of it's absolutely brutal. But then this year when they added a quality Notre Dame team, as much as I hate Notre Dame, because, I mean, just join a conference already. And when they did join a conference last year, they played some really good football. And, I don't know, playing against Notre Dame Clemson in the me- middle of the year, two teams that are poised, that m- ended up making the uh, the college football playoff, mm-hmm. I thought it was great. So, for me, uh, ACC has to get better for Clemson to be out. And, for, I mean, for as for Ohio State, I'm assuming is the third team, the Big Ten yeah, is competitive as competitive gets. So, I mean, once the Big Ten can not solely be dominated by Ohio State, and I wouldn't even say they're dominated because every team plays them tough. Like, there's sometimes, yes, they blow out teams in their conference by 45 points. Shout out Rutgers a couple years ago. Um, More than 45. But, man. yeah. Uh, so, so I guess we're going to call it those three teams. And like what you guys pretty much just said, you know, Saban's going to have to leave Alabama. Uh, Dabo is going to have to leave Clemson or uh, even like a little, I guess like a, another thing that could happen is if, if Florida State can get back to being, you know, one of the better programs in the country and give them someone else to recruit with kind of in that region and in that conference, uh, that would change the landscape of the ACC. Because right now, ACC, really no one beats Clemson. That's their that's their thing. So if you can have a Florida State who can give them a game, UNC is on the up. If you can have them have three or four really tough conference games a year, and then you can start changing the landscape of college football. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I said, ACC is going to get better. And another thing that I would say has to happen, can the Pac-12 get it together? Like, please. When we had primetime Mariota versus Winston with Oregon versus FSU, that was exciting. See, but so, I, I think the Pac-12 is like a funny situation where it's like a double-edged sword because I think in, in college football, when you talk about parity, I think the Pac probably has the most parity because you have – you, know, you have Arizona State with a, f- a freshman quarterback beating Oregon, who at that time was like a shoe-in for the playoffs. Um, so, like, you know, they have that parity where anyone can lose any week and, you know, anyone can beat anybody. But with that, you have teams who have losses that, you know, games are quote-unquote not supposed to lose and gets them knocked out of the playoffs like Oregon was a few years ago. So it's like, you know, you want the parity, but do you also do you understand what comes with it? 
All right, we got one more question from Fake Matt Mum. I forget. I don't know how to say that. Uh, He's a frequent question guy. Yeah, so we have our last question here. Uh, Who will be back first, Texas, Miami, or Illinois? Matt, you can start with this one real quick. I just – I kind of wanted to point out – now, maybe I'm missing something because I'm young – um, I don't see how Illinois gets thrown into that question. Um, I thought that was funny when I first saw it. It's almost like saying Texas, uh, Miami, or Rutgers, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but, I mean, Rutgers was prime time at one point. Or, you know, I, yeah, time, yeah so. I know, I know. But uh, back to the question. Uh, I think out of those three, I'll call it, um, I, I I want to. I'll just say Miami. I mean, Miami's been ranked in the last few years. They've done well. The ACC is down outside of Clemson. So if they can capitalize off of recruiting and getting guys in, and you know, Florida State not being that good right now, uh, you know, Miami could make their way in to a top ten situation, and with a win against Clemson, could get themselves into a college football playoffs. Yeah, I mean. We always have this debate every year. Is Texas back? Is Texas back? And I don't know. They can be on top of the college football world because Texas is Texas. Texas has some of the biggest alumni there, has some of the biggest donations, and one of the coolest fan bases in the world. Uh, it's like they are college football's team. Yeah. Through and through. Um. So they're always going to get good recruits regardless what they're going to do. I just think Oklahoma right now is always going to be on top of the Big 12. Iowa State's going to be nibbing at their heels for the next couple of years because they're putting some good programs together, some good teams together in the future. Texas is going to hang around, but I'm going to have to agree with Birdie. I don't know when Illinois has been good. So... Uh, especially since Lovey Smith was there. I thought that was going to turn it around, but honestly, it did for a little bit. But I'm going to say Miami, the ACC is a little weaker. Yeah, so I'm going to go Miami, the ACC is a little weaker than the Big 12. So if they can just compete, put themselves in the championship game, beat out Clemson, they and they've had some quality teams in the last years, and they just have too much fun down there, it seems like, to they always find themselves in trouble off the field wherever they go. I think so. I think they have an easier road to get there. Exactly. Especially with Florida State being down. 100%. I mean, so. then, you, know, you still have to out-recruit Florida, which is, you know, that's going to be a tough out-recruit. But obviously they've done it well enough that they've had good products in the last few years. But I, I think of those three, Miami has, the like I said, the best chance to sneak themselves into the playoffs. And I'm not a Miami guy. I, I'm not a Miami guy either, but I'm just sick and tired of talking about is Texas back? Is Texas back? So, and I have no idea when Illinois was ever it. So, <laughs> I would have to do some research on that to see when the last time they were a legitimate contender every year. So, uh, Miami's my clear cut choice. All right, so that'll pretty much wrap us up for this week. Uh, once again, we're going to go on the bi-weekly schedule. We're going to go back to uh, every other week and like we normally do in the offseason. Next week, we will have our top five running backs. I'm sure that'll be significantly more diverse than this week's list, although Mike had a different list. But 
you know, I'm sure me and John won't have the same list. Uh, so that would be something to listen into, especially if you're more of a college football guy. You, I mean, an NFL guy, and you want to know who your team's going to be looking for. Uh, but like always, guys, thanks for tuning in, and stay safe, everybody.